Just one more year. Just one more month. One more week. How about just a day? Wouldn't it be nice if we could go back two years ago and have said just one more year or one more month or one more week or one more day? And we know that somehow time just continues on. And it has. And it does for us. And we'd like to think that that same time marches on in the same way for God, especially during this season of Lent. And when we talk about a Lenten journey, which seems a very common theme in Lent after Lent after Lent, usually, because there is such a a journey feel to this time of Lent. And we'd like to think that this time that we're on matches the kind of time that God is on with us. And it can very much feel like that, especially when we talk about Jesus' journey to Jerusalem and we know the timetable of all of that. And then sometimes time seems to have a whole new meaning to it. And so when Isaiah comes and talks to the people in exile, so the people have been taken out of Israel and Judah. They are in exile in Babylon. Persia now is in control. And Isaiah comes to them with these wonderful words of returning to Jerusalem. And they sound like they're filled with such a a perfect timetable to them. Oh, everyone who thirsts, come and have water. Everyone who's hungry, there's a banquet already prepared for you. And yet sometimes we look around and we say, I don't see the banquet. It doesn't look very festive. The world often does not look very festive. And we might ask God, where's this time that you promised? Where's this time of of incredible peace? Where is this time when the banquet will be there, when people won't be hungry or thirsty anymore? Does God have any concept of time whatsoever? Or at least when God makes a promise, is that time something we are ever going to know about? And maybe, maybe that's the point. God doesn't have any need for a wristwatch because God has no need for our concept of time. And so when a gardener comes uh, or a landowner comes and sees a tree that's producing no fruit and gets disgusted with it, he wants to just cut it down and get rid of it. A gardener's there saying, let's give it more time. Now, of course, he sets a timetable, a year, because that's sort of a time of harvest. You really wonder, though, the following year, if the tree doesn't produce fruit, what will the garden do? The gardener do? Probably say, oh, 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 you know what? I used the wrong manure. One more year. There's always, it appears, more time. And maybe for us, it's a matter of saying, God does not get constrained by time because God always is. Even as we go back to the Old Testament and we hear God speaking to Moses and we get that name, 
when Moses says, what should I call you? And God says, Yahweh. And as many of you have heard, the beauty of that word is that it can often be translated, I was who I was. It can also be translated, I am who I am. It can also be translated, I will be who I will be. Because God does not get confined by our time, even in this Lenten journey. So when Isaiah comes and invites people into a banquet, we might look and say, it's not ready yet. But someone else might look and say, it's been ready all along. And some will say, it's already being prepared for your future. Because God's time is not our time. What this journey of Lent might tell us is, that God has already prepared the banquet and you've already been enjoying the banquet and you will still enjoy the banquet. And in fact, it's right here in our midst. So when Isaiah comes and talks to the people about God, God said that God is everlasting. Don't think about the day. Think about two day. And we've all heard the phrase, haven't we? There's no better time than now. There's no better day than today. And so we look and see, what is God doing in our midst today? We'll find out it's the same thing God was doing yesterday. We'll find out it's the same thing that God will do tomorrow. God's calling us to repent to take an honest look at ourselves and find out how we can be better people tomorrow than we were today. God's asking us to nurture, to find out what can we do for somebody now who needs to know God's presence in their life and how can we be the people who bring that presence to them today and how will I be a person who brings that presence to someone tomorrow. God's calling on us to realize that there's a banquet already prepared and not to always look at the scarcity that that seems to be far too abundant in our world, but also to take account of the blessings that are far too abundant for us to even count them all. And that's a part of God's timetable. Because as Isaiah came and talked to the people, he had these words from God at the end. God would basically say, there's a banquet ready for you. And no, you don't deserve it. The people of Israel knew that. They're in exile or just returning from exile. They know they don't deserve all the blessings that God has set before them. And somehow they are still promised all of those blessings because God says, my thoughts aren't like your thoughts. In fact, they're higher than your thoughts. My ways aren't like your ways because they are higher than your ways. Because I know my way. My way has a little tinge of retribution tossed in there. Just a little bit of wanting to dig at you if you have dug at me sometime. 
And not the kind of good digging like the gardener was going to do. To dig around it and put manure around it and nurture it. No, no, no. That's not what I want to do. I want to feel a little retribution on you in my time. But God would say, get out of your time. Get into God's time. Find out what it means to take part in the banquet today. Find out what it means to let go of of the hostilities that you might feel. Find out what it means to repent of yourself and give forgiveness to somebody else. Find out what it might mean to believe that God actually has something in store for you. There is no time like the present to understand what it is for God to be in your life. Any of you who remember the the wonderful old movie, now as I look at it, when Harry met Sally, and at the end of that movie, here's the, the guy who's driving along or walking the streets and all of a sudden realizes he wants to be with the girl and he wants to be with her for the rest of his life. And so he runs across town to be with her because he says, when you find out that you want to be with someone for the rest of your life, you don't walk toward them, you run. And God would say to us, don't walk this Lenten journey. Don't wait to see what it might mean to feel what God has in store for you. Run headlong into Lent. Run headlong into nurturing somebody else, forgiving somebody, caring for someone. And if they say, how in the world do you do that? You simply say, when you sit down at God's banquet, you can't act any other way. There is only one thing left for God to delight in you and for you to delight in God's presence. My time is not God's time. My ways are not God's ways. God will always be higher. But that should never stop me from running toward what God has in store. And if I wonder when I should start running, there is no better day than today. Amen.